Lamentations chapter 3, verse 1. I am the man who hath seen affliction by the rod of his wrath. The rod is the scepter of the Lord, or it could be a, a whipping instrument that he uses to punish people. And Jeremiah says that he has seen the wrath of the Lord, which he surely did, being in Jerusalem when it fell. 2. Me he hath led, and caused to go in darkness and without light. This is Jeremiah speaking as if he is Jerusalem and he is experiencing the plight of Jerusalem, which he did emotionally because he cared for his people and his land. Darkness came over Jerusalem because of its sin. This is the darkness of the Babylonian army. Surely against me he turneth back, he turneth his hand all the day. The Lord has abandoned Jerusalem because of its sin. For he hath worn out my flesh and my skin, he hath broken my bones. This is how we feel when we are being punished by the Lord for our sins. And as painful as it is when we suffer the consequences of our sins, the goal is that our soul will be saved, that we'll see that we need to repent and turn back to Him. And that's why the Lord lets us experience consequences, such as a divorce, a child in jail, a court case, trouble at work, a lost job, or the ravages of addiction, or rumors that are going around town about you. All of these things are because of judgments that come from our sin, and that can feel as bad as broken bones. 5. He hath built up against me, and setteth round poverty and weariness. The siege was all around Jerusalem, and because of that it caused poverty within the city because they couldn't get any goods into the city. 6. In dark places he hath caused me to dwell, as the dead of old. They were all in emotional and psychological darkness, but this was because of the darkness of their own sins that they wouldn't repent of. 7. He hath hedged me about, and I go not out, he hath made heavy my fetter. Jerusalem was wearing fetters when they were taken to Babylon as captives, and fetters are the shackles that you wear if you're a slave. 8. Also, when I call and cry out, he hath shut out my prayer. The Lord did not listen to their prayers, because they never repented of their sins. 9. He hath hedged my way with hewn work, my paths he hath made crooked. The Lord came against them and their plans. 10. A bear lying in wait, he is to me, a lion in secret hiding places. Just as a bear or a lion might hide behind a tree or some shrubbery and be crouching down ready to jump at you, that's how the people of Jerusalem felt about the Lord, that he was going to tear them apart. And he used the Babylonians to tear them apart because of their sins. 11. My ways he is turning aside, and he pulleth me in pieces, he hath made me a desolation. When you're walking on the path and a bear jumps out at you, it takes you off the path that you're going and it tears you in pieces. This is an extension of the metaphor that was in the previous verse. 12. He hath trodden his bow and setteth me up as a mark for an arrow. 
the Lord metaphorically is shooting his arrow at the people of Jerusalem and Judah. This chapter is talking about how the Lord is totally annihilating the people of Jerusalem, and they absolutely deserved it, and this was a long time coming. They had sinned for generation after generation, for hundreds of years, and they wouldn't stop practicing apostasy and idol worship, child sacrifice, prostitution, adultery, and every foul thing that you can think of. And finally, the Lord brought judgment on them. 13. He hath caused to enter into my reins the sons of his quiver. The sons of his quiver would be the Babylonian army. They came as arrows out of the Lord's quiver. 14. I have been a derision to all my people, their song all the day. There were actually songs that made fun of Jerusalem by the pagans surrounding them. He hath filled me with bitter things. He hath filled me with wormwood. Wormwood is a bitter herb, and it can actually kill you because it's so bitter. If you put it in water, people will die from drinking it. Wormwood is synonymous with mourning because bitterness and sorrow basically mean the same thing. And you can't live on bitterness. It kills you. When your life is full of sorrow, you can die just from that alone. 16. And he breaketh with gravel my teeth. He hath covered me with ashes. Metaphorically, it's as if they had to eat gravel and their heads were covered in ashes because of their mourning. They didn't have food to eat, but it's like their teeth were falling out because they were eating dirt. 17. And thou castest off from peace my soul. I have forgotten prosperity. The people in Jerusalem were so hungry and so impoverished they couldn't even remember what the good life used to be. 18. And I say, perished hath my strength and my hope from Jehovah. They didn't believe the Lord would protect them anymore because of their unrepentant sin, and they were right. God loves to forgive. He wants to spend eternity with us. He loves us that much. But he won't do it unless we repent. He's not your codependent mother. He's not your sugar daddy. He is love, but he won't demean himself to love us. And that's why we must repent. And that's why the Lord wouldn't help them when they cried out. They would not repent. He won't stop being God. And if he forgave us without our repentance, then he would no longer be our God. He would be our doormat. 19. Remember my affliction and my mourning, wormwood and gall. Gall is that green stuff that your body produces. Jesus experienced wormwood and gall because wormwood was the bitterness of the sorrow that he felt on the cross. Jeremiah is saying that it's as if the people of Jerusalem are eating bitterness. Anything that they could consume would only hurt them more. It won't benefit them. When you're depressed and when you're in great mourning, you feel like anything you consume will only make things worse. We have to repent in order to be healed, in order to have the wormwood and the gall taken from our lives. And then Jesus, who died on the cross for that, will take it from us. 20. Remember me and bow down doth my soul in me. 
Jeremiah says, Remember our suffering. 21. This I turn to my heart, therefore I hope. There is hope in worshiping the Lord and bowing down to Him. 22. The kindnesses of Jehovah, for we have not been consumed, for not ended have His mercies. This poem started out talking about how the Lord was punishing Jerusalem, and now there's a turn in the poem where it's talking about how there's hope in redemption, forgiveness, and repentance. So now Jeremiah is going to say, He wiped us out, but not completely. There's still a remnant who repented. And that's where our hope lies, and that's how we will find his kindness. The Lord was still merciful to the people of Jerusalem and Judah because, remember, he allowed the poor people to stay there and have farms and homes and villages. 23. New every morning, abundant is thy faithfulness. If you're being punished by the Lord, just repent, and in the morning, it'll be better because of your repentance, and you'll start building a relationship with the Lord, and every day you will have more joy and more peace. 24. My portion is Jehovah, hath my soul said, therefore I hope for him. If all your hope is in the Lord, you do have hope. 25. Good is Jehovah to those waiting for him, to the soul that seeketh him. 26. Good, when one doth stay and stand still for the salvation of Jehovah. When we wait for the salvation of Jehovah, we wait on him and trust in him, instead of trying to get our needs met immediately in our own way. 27. Good for a man that he beareth a yoke in his youth. 28. He sitteth alone and is silent, for he hath laid it upon him. It's good for us to learn self-control when we're young, and to learn to follow the Lord when we're young, and to learn forbearance and long-suffering through suffering when we're young. And if we have to suffer to learn, that's better for us than to sin. You know, when you follow the Lord, you have to give up a lot of worldly things. But the more you give up and the more you follow Him, the more your faith grows, and you get a lot of spiritual rewards from that. 29. He putteth in the dust his mouth, if so be there is hope. If you put your mouth in the dust, you can't talk. And I think it means be silent and wait on the Lord. You might say, how do you wait on the Lord if you still have to go to work and you still have to pay the bills and all these things? Just stop striving within yourself. It's a spiritual waiting. Don't think of your own plan. Just focus on obeying his laws and let him solve your problems. 30. He giveth to his smiter the cheek. He is filled with reproach. 31. For the Lord doth not cast off to the age. This is a call from Jeremiah to be patient in our suffering. If somebody hits us, let them hit us. Let them punish us. The punishment could be coming from God. Accept the punishment and wait on the Lord until he delivers you. Repent of your sins. So don't try to fight back when people come against you. If your boss threatens you, or if a neighbor threatens you, or a relative, focus on the Lord and obeying his laws and repenting. He could be punishing you, but if you repent, he'll restore you again. Your circumstances don't depend on other people, even if those people are evil. 
Your circumstances only depend on God. Jeremiah is telling the people, be patient in your suffering. 32. For though he afflicted, yet he hath pitied, according to the abundance of his kindness. Jeremiah says, the Lord will punish, but at some point he'll stop punishing. He'll have pity on you. If you remain silent, you don't act self-righteous, and you don't curse him and repent, then he'll stop punishing you, because he'll see that you're humble. 33. For he hath not afflicted with his heart, nor doth he grieve the sons of men. This says that the Lord doesn't really want to punish us. He punishes us to get us to change. 34. To bruise under one's feet any bound ones of earth. 35. To turn aside the judgment of a man over against the face of the Most High. The Lord doesn't take pleasure in crushing people under his feet, and he doesn't take pleasure in not bringing justice and judgment to people. The only thing that stops him from forgiving us is our own unwillingness to repent. 36. To subvert a man in his cause the Lord hath not approved. And this means if you want to repent, the Lord won't prevent you from doing it. That's what he wants too. 37. Who is this he hath said, and it is, and the Lord hath not commanded it? 38. From the mouth of the Most High go not forth the evils and the good. Jeremiah says, isn't it from God alone that evil or good comes? In other words, if our life is good, it's from the Lord. If our life is bad, it's from the Lord. 39. What? Sigh habitually doth a living man, a man for his sin? Jeremiah says, why should we complain about what the Lord has done? He has a right to decide if our lives are good or bad. 40. We search our ways and investigate and turn back unto Jehovah. This means that we search our hearts and we look for sin and then we repent. 41. We lift up our heart on the hands unto God in the heavens. And this says, then we pray to the Lord to ask for forgiveness. 42. We, we have transgressed and rebelled. Thou, thou hast not forgiven. Jeremiah is teaching the people how to repent, and he's saying, you have to confess your sin to the Lord, and confess that he didn't forgive you because of your sin. 43. Thou hast covered thyself with anger, and dost pursue us. Thou hast slain, thou hast not pitied. The Lord pursued them in anger, because they rebelled against him. 44. Thou hast covered thyself with a cloud, so that prayer doth not pass through. The Lord made a wall between him and the people. He didn't want to hear their prayers because of their sin and their rebellion. 45. Off scouring and refuse, thou dost make us in the midst of the peoples. When you boil something to purify it and all the scum comes up to the top, you scrape off the scum and throw it away so that you'll have a good soup or a good sauce or whatever you're making. Jeremiah is saying, that he boiled us, and the scum that came to the top, he threw it away. That was those people who would not repent of their sins. 46. Opened against us their mouth have all our enemies, and that is the pagan nations that were around Jerusalem and Israel. 47. 
Fear and a snare hath been for us, desolation and destruction. The people of Judah and Israel were full of fear, and they were destroyed. 48. Rivulets of water go down my eye for the destruction of the daughter of my people. Jeremiah cannot stop crying. He has rivers of tears coming off of his face because he's watching his people die. 49. Mine eye is poured out and doth not cease without intermission. Jeremiah says his eye is just continually crying. 50. Till Jehovah looketh and seeth from the heavens. Jeremiah says he will keep crying until the Lord has pity on his people. 51. My eye affecteth my soul because of all the daughters of my city. Jeremiah says all the death that he sees of his people is affecting his own soul. He can't stop mourning and crying. Prophets today don't care anything if people sin. They don't cry. They don't mourn. They don't feel anything when people sin. Jeremiah was a true prophet who loved his people. 52. Hunted me sore as a bird have my enemies without cause. And those were the enemies of Jeremiah, the false priests and the false prophets who wanted to kill him because he wouldn't speak the same positive statements and fairy tales that the false prophets were speaking. 53. They have cut off in a pit my life, and they cast a stone against me. So now the poem is turning again, and Jeremiah is talking about his own personal suffering that he experienced as a prophet of the Lord, because his own people came against him, and they put him in prison, and they tried to kill him because he told them to repent. 54. Flowed have waters over my head. I have said I have been cut off. Remember, they had put Jeremiah in a pit that was full of mire, and Jeremiah was sinking lower and lower in the mire. So this verse says that his head actually went under before he got pulled out by his friend Gedaliah. 55. I called thy name, O Jehovah, from the lower pit. When Jeremiah was sinking in the pit of mire in the prison, he called out and cried to the Lord to save his life. 56. My voice thou hast heard, hide not thine ear at my breathing, at my cry. Jeremiah had pleaded to the Lord, please hear my prayer, and the Lord did hear him. He was saved, because he obeyed the Lord. The reason Jeremiah was saved from physical death is the same reason that you and I get saved from spiritual death. It's when we obey the Lord. 57. Thou hast drawn near in the day I call thee. Thou hast said, Fear not. The Lord did tell Jeremiah not to be afraid. 58. Thou hast pleaded, O Lord, the pleadings of my soul. Thou hast redeemed my life. And God saved Jeremiah's physical life just as he will save your soul and my soul when we repent. 59. Thou hast seen, O Jehovah, my overthrow, judge thou my cause. The evil leaders tried to overthrow Jeremiah and destroy his life, but he asked the Lord to hear his plea and save him. 60. Thou hast seen all their vengeance, all their thoughts of me. The Lord knew that the false prophets and the evil priests were trying to kill Jeremiah.
61. Thou hast heard their reproach, O Jehovah, all their thoughts against me. They actually rebuked Jeremiah when he was speaking the truth and they were speaking lies. 62. The lips of my withstanders, even their meditation against me all the day. They were constantly plotting against Jeremiah. 63. They're sitting down and they're rising up. Behold attentively, I am their song. They were constantly talking about Jeremiah, saying terrible things about him, whether they were relaxing or working. 64. Thou returnest to them the deed, O Jehovah, according to the work of their hands. Jeremiah says, These wicked members of society tried to kill me, but now you, Lord, have killed them. 65. Thou givest to them a covered heart, thy curse to them. The Lord gave them death. 66. Thou pursuest in anger and destroyest them from under the heavens of Jehovah. Jeremiah says, You pursued these wicked priests and prophets, and you killed them from under the face of heaven, so that heaven didn't have to look at them any longer. And that concludes Lamentations chapter 3.